So we've now had both brothers on for our Infinity Stone gauntlet. <laughs> it is complete. It, it Well, it is complete, but Chrissy had the suggestion of bringing mom and dad on somehow. I think that could be fun. I think it could be too, but Chrissy suggested we do like green eggs and ham. That was mainly a joke. What book are you thinking for real? I was thinking we'd actually just talk because mom had some thoughts on the on the TV story of me completing the circuit and being the antenna. Uh, and she wanted to correct it. <laughs> she wanted to be our fact check. I uh, We all lived through it. And if the two of us are in agreement, I don't, I don't know. And you're the one who did it. <laughs> she remembers it differently. Okay, well, if mom's going to fight us, it may or may not make it. <laughs> Goes against our tenants. It, right, exactly. We might decide to cut it all. So she has to be prepared <laughs> for that to be an option. But I feel like it could be fun to just, I don't know. I don't know what we talk about, but. We could ask them why they don't listen to the pod. Have a confrontation. We <laughs> <laughs> only listen to the ones with the boys. <laughs> We're in all of them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's potential there. I think there's potential there too, but I think I would like us to be based in a book since it's bookalicious and not family pod. <laughs> okay. Well, what other book could we do? Well, let's look up a short book. Maybe there's like a short story. We could potentially also, okay. Yeah, we could do a short story. Oh, that could be fun. We could do like Christmas story or something or something new. Um, my other thought though, was we could watch the first episodes of lessons in chemistry and then talk about it. Oh yeah, we could do that. Although I was listening to a podcast to try to invite myself on as a guest speaker. <laughs> I love your confidence. <laughs> well, I'm like, I have to listen. I have to listen to what they do. So then I can talk about how that's exactly what I do. <laughs> and that's why they should have me on there. Um, and they were recapping the lessons in chemistry show. And so the one I was listening to, they were like out of nowhere on like episode six, the dog starts talking and having a perspective. And I guess it's narrated by BJ Novak. <laughs> and apparently everything the dog says, it has like no added value according to them. And it was just like very awkward and weird and doesn't make sense. and doesn't fit in with the rest of like the narration. It's a bummer. That's the best character. I know, I know. So they were like, oh, if someone knows, I'm like, girl, I know. Invite me. I read the book. Yeah, but I haven't watched the show, so. Uh, I think it'd be fun if you, me, Josh, and Andrew had a discussion about the show. We all watch it. Then we all bring our thoughts. So you want to bring mom, dad, and our husbands? Not all at the that same That was your same idea. Well, yeah, I think actually it might work better with the husbands. Okay. What if we do like a classic, like a Sherlock Holmes or. Have you read that? Yeah. I haven't read that. You haven't read the Hounds of the Baskerville? No. Oh, it's a great one. Think I can read it before Wednesday? <laughs> no, we would do it like in a long time. Oh, I was thinking while I'm here. 
oh no, that's a terrible idea because you only have the one microphone and you're all going to be fighting over it and the editing will be a nightmare. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I guess that is a little ambitious. Yeah. No, we can't. No, but I think we can invite them on later. Okay. Okay. If someone has a good idea, we will consider it. <laughs> and take it as our own. <laughs> yeah. That's the best we could give you. We will consider <laughs> okay well we're not going to do bookalytics because the only thing that's happened between now and an hour ago is we have had one more listener we've actually had three more plays really yeah we're at 317 now <gasps> and our audience size is at 29 wow we're almost at 30 do we have any more places maybe we do need to okay Open up Bookalytics. Maybe there's someone new. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's just see. Let's just see if there's a new person we need to say hi to. Okay. Let's see here. <clears throat> oh, my golly. Saturn. No, I wish. <laughs> Was China always 2%? No. China's oh gaining speed. Me <laughs> <Cool>. how? <laughs> my gosh <laughs> i took i took i took mandarin for six weeks you sounded natural i don't think so <laughs> every time i speak to my chinese friends they laugh at me <laughs> um so, yeah, so that maybe, just might be china maybe florida oh you know what we do have a lot of people in florida we didn't say hello to last time welcome yeah hollywood you are taking it up a notch 50 percent of all wow. of Florida and Florida. I mean, we are in the central part, Haines city, winter park, Orlando. We're in the South part, Miramar, Miami, Hollywood. I don't know where Riverview is. I don't know that welcome. one either. Maybe that's North Florida. I'm thinking South Florida. It probably is. But if it were North Florida, that'd be nice because then we'd have all the Florida. <gasps> Uh, Central. County, Central Florida. Oh, that's great. Cool. My husband is from the Tampa area. And I grew up in, me and Chrissy grew up in the Hollywood area. And I've lived mm -hmm. in the Fort Myers area. We've been all over that place. And if you'd like to say hi, bookalicious.pod at gmail.com. That's right. Rate, review, subscribe. And if you have insight on how to reserve a yacht for your <laughs> casual family travels i know someone on a plane who could use your advice oh my god what if someone writes in from central florida and they're like i don't know how to rent a yacht but i do know how to rent a little pontoon to go look at alligators <laughs> an airboat <laughs> an airboat yeah yeah I actually just ride my alligator typically. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So time out. I was running in Fort Myers back at the time when I would run and it was like five o'clock dusk. Maybe it was like summer and I'm running and I'm going down a hill and I see like a fallen tree. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And I keep running. It's an alligator on the road, just getting warm. You thought the alligator was the tree from a long, yeah, from a far oh. away because it was oh kind of getting gosh. dark. So it was just like a big, dark, like lump. And then I got close enough to see that it was an alligator. Did you run past it? 
No, girl, those things <laughs> go like 45 miles an hour. I turned around. I well, how close were home. you when you realized? What? How close were you when you realized? I mean, I was probably, I was very far away. I was probably like 30 feet, let's say. Oh my gosh. But I mean, mm-mm. oh my gosh, that's terrifying. I know. I was like, I'm out of here. I would I'm hate going every home. moment of that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, gosh, just Florida things. I know people ask if I ever saw alligators. I'm like, honestly, I never really did, but I know people in Fort Myers who did. That seems yeah. to be where you, where you saw them. Yeah, so I saw that. And then also at Florida Gulf Coast, where I went to school, we would have wild boar and they would tip people's cars. What? Well, they were mad. We blew down their house, How built a, a parking boar? garage. <laughs> like a apartment. Yeah, they're upset. They're like, hey, that was my house. <laughs> How big are wild boars that they can tip cars? They're huge. They're what? as big as your car. What? And we saw this one time, we saw this wild boar running through the campus in like the middle of the day. And I was like, that thing ate rat poison or something. Cause I'm like, that ain't right. Oh my gosh. <gasps> These are big. <laughs> they were big. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at pictures and. Yeah, Show this me your is... pictures. Oh gosh. I didn't realize wild boars were this big. I've never thought about a wild boar before. Okay, this one is insane. That's a monster pig. It literally says monster pig. That's an actual um, thing. I don't know. Is that like a Honestly, genus of pig? It looks fake. It looks like this fifth grader has like a little BB gun and he a hat and he's standing over this massive, <laughs> massive pig. <laughs> I do think this one's fake. Yeah, some um, of those some of those look fake. Yeah. There was though a nice little video of a boar fighting an alligator. Yeah. So when you're in the echelon of if you're in the echelon of I might take on the alligator, I don't want to see you. <laughs> I don't want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> automatic no that yeah that's that's a no for me dog Ooh, i'm not seeing many uh, pictures where the boar is winning against the alligator though no Mm-mm. yeah he's getting chomp chomped oh gosh i don't know if yeah this is this is too much yeah but, but i anyways. saw a, a little wiki stat that it looks like they're a little over 200 pounds usually I mean, that's still impressive. They can tip your car over. Yeah. Any crazy sightings on your Atlanta runs? No. Now all I see are the doodle dogs. <laughs> all of them. I love running. doodles. Oh, my God. Anna has a little doodle dog named Milo. The best. He's the wimpiest dog that you would ever see. They have a video of him. There's a public trash bag flying in the wind and Milo's barking at it. He's like, get out of here, get out of here. And every time the bag gets too close to him, he like cowers and runs. Oh, no. And then the wind picks it up again and he starts barking at it. Oh my gosh. He's a sweet little boy, but he's so scared. <laughs> he's a little scaredy boy. <laughs> but he he kind of almost looks like to me he looks like a person who's just wearing a dog suit <laughs> have you seen dogs like that where yeah like, their eyes yes like human eyes yes like they see into your soul 
Yes. And and he's like, yeah. And he's like, I am just this little dog who's being babied by these people. And all I want to do is go to bed. (laughs) It's like, please rescue me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has, he lives the best life that I've ever seen. (laughs) He's the cleanest, happiest little dog. But it does just seem like he's been enchanted and turned into (laughs) a little animal. You know, there's worse things. Yeah, I would love if I could be transformed into my cat and sleep all day and get back rubs constantly. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, they're doing it right. I agree. All right, you ready to get into it? Ready. Do you need to set a timer? Let's set a timer. What's our time? 45 minutes. Okay. Kim. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to Bookalicious, a podcast where two sisters chat about books we're reading. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Candace. And today we are still talking about lessons in chemistry. Things are starting to get better. I, okay. I'm only excited to talk about these chapters because I read ahead and it looks like things take a turn in the chapters coming up. And it just made me so happy. I was no longer depressed to read it. Yes, we have gotten through the drudgery. It's it was so I I still want to know maybe when we finish reading the book, it'll be clear. But I want to know how this became such a hit and why all the reviews were like such a funny comical book and everyone loves it. And it's such a fun summer read. I'm like, what? I, <laughs> I think... like, almost couldn't finish. <laughs> I think maybe because they read it fast and they didn't think about it too hard. I know. Maybe if you're not thinking about it too hard, but when I read it fast, and I read 10 chapters at once. I was like so depressed for the oh rest God. of my day. <laughs> did you see that TikTok I made about this book? Oh, maybe I did. With the old lady saying surprise, surprise. Oh, I it's this. I don't remember. It's this meme format right now that's going around on TikTok, and it's this old lady from like the '80s or something, and she goes, "Surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise, surprise!" And there's like all this music happening, uh-huh. and so it's just me with a picture. Well, it's not me, but it's a picture of lessons in chemistry, and the caption is just like me waiting for Elizabeth Zott to catch a break, and things get better. And then I'm like, Bonnie Garmus is the lady going. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> it never does. It never, it it never does. <laughs> <laughs> when will it end? Never. Never. Okay. Well, okay. we, we have a promising chapter title called the present. I think we're on chapter 21 what oh man we have <laughs> oh no we still have some depressing ones to get through uh we have to go to tanya harding mrs frask oh gosh we gotta go to mrs frask we gotta see what becomes of elizabeth's terrible negotiation deal with hastings <laughs> which she already knew would be bad <laughs> we need to see it actually play out we still got to get through all of that Oh no. Cooking's all right. Living soon. Ugh. Maybe we can finish all the sad ones today. That'd be great. That would be great. Gosh. All, all right. right. Well, chapter let's not 21. Waste any time. We wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> all right. Chapter <laughs> <laughs> chapter 21. So we see Elizabeth back at Hastings and 
of course, things are not going as she probably envisioned. She is actually just the coffee girl instead of the lead scientist. Um, and then at one point she's in the bathroom and she runs into Miss Frask, who is crying in the other stall. And they have a little bit of a bonding moment where Elizabeth learns that Miss Frask actually kind of has the same life story as her. Yes. Mm hmm. So just furthering, I guess that's like confirmation of our earlier assessment where we felt like Miss Frask is the flip side of Zot. Yeah, like two possible reactions to the same scenario. Exactly. And they both end up crying in the bathroom, so. Well, I guess either <laughs> side of the coin is a bad deal. I, that's why this book's so depressing. <laughs> no matter what you do. Yeah. <laughs> what people like about this? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'm just sad. I know. All right. So the title is Easy for Elizabeth Zott. Yep. Yeah. And so this is where her lab coat that we had seen in the beginning where it says easy. This is where it got changed from E Zot to just easy. Mm -hmm. which we now know could mean a lot of things easy like financially she was taken advantage of of course you know physically she was taken advantage of i think we can confirm we can confirm that this is in a physical appearance you don't think so um i feel like Yeah, I think physical appearance is the biggest part. I think it could apply on different levels. I think it can apply on different levels, but I think Dynasty did it. Dynasty, aka Dynasty, did it because he finds Elizabeth attractive, but he hates her. And so he's like, to show you how much we missed you, surprised by the gesture, she eagerly accepted it, donning the white jacket amid scattering applause, followed by a few loud guffaws. So she's in public. And he's presenting her this and she thinks it's something nice. She glanced down at the stitching above the pocket where I had once read E-Zot. It now only read E-Z. Like it? Dr. Donati said, winking. No, it's terrible. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think physical is probably the main mm -hmm. takeaway. And yeah, no one supports her. They're just all laughing. Yep. Exactly. And Elizabeth chose to go back into this hellhole. For probably no money. For no money. Yeah. Then we find out Dynasty is getting something published in Science Journal. And is it is it her work that he did or was it Calvin's work? Oh, Whose work did he steal? Well, eventually they steal hers. Is that this part? Or does he is he publishing two things that are both from her? Yeah, so he's publishing something on RNA. So we don't know if he's stolen it or if that's real work just yet. But that's what he's publishing it on. Yeah, okay. We find out in two chapters when he stole her work. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, spoiler alert, he steals her work, which is no spoiler at all. We all saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't see that coming, 
I would encourage you to do some literary classes on <laughs> how to pick out foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And also in this first scene, she walks. Okay. Dr. Dynasty notices like, Hey, you're still doing a biogenesis research. And she's like, I never told anyone that. Like, how did you know? And then she walks by her desk or something and she finds Borowitz sitting there and going through all of her files. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. Why would you think I'm doing anything bad? And that's when you know. Yeah, that's when you know. Borowitz is, he's just scum, spineless. But what's confusing though is that Elizabeth's been helping Borowitz this whole time. And from what it sounds like, the only thing Borowitz does is try to do what Elizabeth is doing but not as good. So how did she not know that he was doing abiogenesis? Right? Because um, in the previous chapter, like when she first left, Bory Whites was like, oh, I can do it. I can figure it out. And then he goes and he asks her for help. And then in the previous chapter, he says something similar to that effect. And he found out that, oh, my results are the same as Elizabeth's. Yeah. Um... I think maybe she knows he's doing abiogenesis because that kind of makes sense since she knew there was funding for that project and then she left. And so the project must still be going on and yeah. she's seeing his work. So it must be abiogenesis. Um, yeah, as far as getting the same conclusions, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know. Maybe she thought he didn't have enough to where like they couldn't publish something without her there, like without yeah, her yeah. work. Maybe that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Well, we find out Elizabeth thinks that she's a chemist, but she gets in there and she finds out that she's actually a lab tech and they want her to do a coffee run for all the scientists. Did she not like lay this out when she was being hired? I mean, maybe not, because maybe that isn't what you did. And maybe that wasn't didn't seem like an option for women back then. Like, I don't know, maybe. But I guess, but it's just like leave. I know. Just leave and charge people, charge your clients more for their stuff. For the freelance. It's so frustrating. All of it. Yeah. And we also get a hint that she can get called Luscious Lizzie. Oh, yeah. Because Dynasty says, relax, Luscious terrible so i wonder if he's the one who like talks to the reporter as like the reporter goes and talks to him or something about it and he's like who luscious lizzie and then the reporter like picks it up oh you know what i bet so i don't don't know okay but fact or fiction or 50s i mean how much of this could you see playing out overqualified woman getting having to do the coffee runs that feels a hundred percent that all feels a hundred percent i feel like people probably asked me to do that but (laughs) (laughs) good thing i work remote (laughs) good thing i have starbucks mobile order and i was already going that way anyway (laughs) (laughs) jokes on you (laughs) yeah jokes on you i didn't want to work um but so that all feels believable. What does not feel believable is that she would 
think that she got hired for one job, got hired for a totally different job, and then doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, she she does address it. It just doesn't go anywhere because it's with the nasty. Right, I know. So then I would leave and go find another job. I guess. I mean, she must just really think that there is no other job. I guess so. And maybe there's not. I don't know. Dynasty does suggest that she can improve her situation by going to school. And she's like, oh, you'll pay for my PhD? And he said, no, I'll pay you to become a typist. (laughs) Okay. Gosh, we need to get through these chapters. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) I know. You're just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. So on a brighter note, Elizabeth goes to the bathroom and she hears um frask falling in the stall next to her yes this is what we needed to really pick up this chapter (laughs) frask also in distress oh my gosh life falling apart yes so we find out that she's not mrs frask we were saying that before she's just ms frask yeah she's 33 so basically a spinster She was, for the last four years, trying to do everything to get a promotion. And she did not get promoted. And now she was reporting to a new hire, a 21-year-old boy fresh out of college with no discernible skills other than making chains out of paper clips. Oh, my gosh. And then Eddie, the geologist, who she'd slept with to prove she was marriage material, he dumped her two years ago for a virgin. And then her new boy boss had given her a seven-point plan for improvement. Item one, lose 20 pounds. (laughs) I wanted to donate this. No, I just want to throw away this book. After that paragraph. (laughs) All this is so terrible. Okay, how much of that is factor 50s? I think indi- I think individually each one is fact. I think all of them happening to one person feels like fiction. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. maybe that's all. I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting though because we see again like the two sides of the same coin, where Miss Frask tried to get a promotion by like kind of doing everyone's dirty work, like she was spying on people and she mm-hmm. was doing this like gossip column and was doing all this other stuff and like it didn't lead to promotion which i feel like is bonnie garmus saying like no matter what either of these women did like they weren't gonna get promoted and they weren't gonna be valued which i think that is probably true i think that's probably true for sure i don't know what do you think fiction or 50s um yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. I think this happened to everybody or to one person all at once. Maybe fiction. I don't know. Honestly, I could see these things going together. Now I'm seeing. Yeah, now I'm kind of like maybe it's just 50s and I find it just so crazy just hearing it all strung together. Right. But like when yeah. you put it together, like that's reality. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be. I mean, yeah. I could see the the thing with Eddie. That was awful because it's like double standard of. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see a lot of guys doing that. Yeah. So upset about all of this. <laughs> I know. Gosh. And like losing weight to be a better employee. That 100%. Yeah. 
I know that's terrible. I know. And then Frask is like, oh, I, Elizabeth said something about her baby. And she's like, oh, did you have a boy or girl? And Elizabeth said, girl. Frask spun the toilet paper roll. Sorry to hear that. Which is like, fair. Sounds like it sucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so sad. Yeah, the line before that, though, is funny because Frask is like, did you bring your dog? And she goes, no, I don't bring the dog anymore. And she said, oh, are you a rule follower? And she goes, no, my dog is busy in the afternoons. And she goes, what? She said, yeah, he picks my child up from school. <laughs> like, this is wild. Have you seen the meme where the dog is in the helicopter with like the little pilot helmet? And he's just like sitting there with his oh. tongue out. Maybe. He's like, I He's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel like 630. He's just like walking around like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And Elizabeth's like, oh, he's cooking dinner. He's like the the dog from Peter Pan. Nana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs like cooking meals and giving the kids their medicines. And, and 630 he's like, I only know 300 words. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm just guessing. <laughs> oh my gosh so we get uh introduction to madeline and gender norms where on mad's first day of school she watched in horror as the teacher a puffy-eyed woman with a maladorous perm never heard that word before but it sounds like a bad perm attempted oh, to pin a Maladorous. Oh, does it mean bad smelling? That would make sense because mal is usually bad, and then oh, it does odorous, malodorous, 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 malodorous. Okay, so the teacher, she's a puffy-eyed woman with a malodorous perm, attempted to pink pin a pink flower on Mad's blouse. Can I have a blue flower instead? Madeline asked. No, teacher said. Blue is for boys. Pink is for girls. No, it isn't, Madeline said. And then you're already seeing that Madeline, she's only four years old and she's going to cause a stir in this kindergarten. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what do you yeah. think about gender norms like that? I think for color, that's silly. Like colors can't be gendered. Yeah so what can be gendered yeah um yeah honestly i don't feel like many things in a kindergarten classroom or in most know, classrooms right and i know like clothes a lot of times are gendered based on like what we're used to but, like but it's the same things what i was gonna say but that like varies between cultures right exactly and it's like I think a lot of people would say that colors are gendered to a degree, right? Just because of that's how everyone's primed. Yeah. But there's nothing inherently feminine or masculine about colors. And there's yeah. nothing necessarily inherently feminine or masculine about clothes. Yeah. It's just how we've all been taught to look at it. Yeah. That said, when I do see like Jaden Smith 
in his like dress on the Oscars or the runway. It does. I'm always like, oh, that's so odd. And I know it's like, it's just a reprogramming of your brain where you have to be like, it's okay. It's, they're allowed to, people are allowed to do that. And it's not weird. They're just doing their thing. Yeah. Have you seen that before? Him specifically or just that in general? Jaden Smith. Looking it up now. You know, I don't know my pop culture references. And I'm looking at it now and it looks way less weird even now than when I first saw it. Yeah. It looks actually just kind of normal. So maybe... (laughs) times have changed (laughs) times have changed but in 2016 when this was happening yeah that was seven years ago I remember seeing that and being like oh this feels really weird yeah but there's really nothing anything weird about it other than it's not the norm for our society it's not the norm exactly so I mean in that sense I guess it is weird but it's like, why is this the norm? So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now we're back to Hastings and Frask. Yeah. Okay. And we see that Frask like totally, I don't know, misjudged, misassumed everything about Elizabeth. And she was like, yeah, well, you pretended to be a man to get funding. Uh- and <laughs> And how could you do that? And also... You got pregnant and confirmed everyone's suspicions that hiring a woman is a terrible idea because she's she's just going to leave when she has a kid. And Elizabeth oh. is like, I didn't want to leave. I never pretended to be a man. What the and heck? she And she's like, yeah. And to add to that, she's like, what brings you back to Hastings? Shopping for a new genius? And she's like, I heard the investor came back in Shazam. Here you are. I'll say one thing about you. You're predictable. At least you're chasing a richer man this time. Although between us, isn't he a bit old for you? And she's talking about the investor. Elizabeth doesn't even know that there's an investor. And it's Calvin's dad, which is awkward. Yeah, she doesn't even know it's Calvin's dad yet. (laughs) We don't know that either. We're just guessing. We're guessing. Yeah. And she says all that other stuff. And so it's like Frask has had zero introspection or growth since we've last left her four years ago that's true i was thinking has elizabeth had introspection i mean i feel like she's changed in some ways by having a kid but how different is she i feel like they've had no growth (laughs) i don't think she's had growth either (laughs) i don't know has anyone in this book had growth i feel like things just happen to them and that's it they just the same things keep happening <laughs> yes the only person who's shown growth is 6 30 i was gonna say madeline <laughs> oh and madeline because she went oh, from right. a fetus to a person <laughs> yeah 6 30 has also had a good character arc mm-hmm. gosh and then we find out that really frask and zot are exactly the same they're both in phd school and they were both kicked out for the same reason yeah that's right they were both assaulted mm-hmm. terrible okay so she brings up a point where it's like uh you got pregnant and you had a kid and then you left which is just confirming that like we shouldn't hire women mm-hmm. um and my question is what do you think about that sentiment 
And like, should women just wait to have kids until they're in a good point in their career where it's like, I have enough time off now. I'm the boss. Well, so it's very interesting that you asked me this because I got in a lot of trouble earlier in my Mm. college days because from like an economics perspective, right? You're always thinking about things in terms of like incentives and dollars and costs and things like that. And so if you have two employees, one is female, one is a guy. And if a girl gets pregnant, then she goes on maternity leave and she gets all of these extended benefits that the guy doesn't get. It would make sense to bake into the salary wage for the woman to accommodate for the potential of them taking that benefit. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you would surmise a lower wage might be in the economic perspective acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I still agree with that sentiment mostly. But what I would say is that what you should do to rectify it is not pay women less, but just give men the same benefit. That's what I'm saying. And now you're treating people equally and then there's no reason to have a pay discrepancy. I think I agree. And then we're done with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's that second piece that I wasn't clever enough when I was younger to add in. Yeah. Well, it's because it's thinking in such a different way, kind of like seeing Jane and Smith in a dress where you're like, oh, we don't do that. Yeah. We don't give men time off. They didn't have the kid. But it's like, your parent. (laughs) Why not? They got to take care of the kids too. Exactly. And I think this goes with like a lot of things with discrimination is that if you treat people unequally, it's going to give people, some people on some camp, like justification for them not treating people the same because they're like oh I have these two employees and this person gets this benefit and this person gets that benefit and now I'm not going to treat them the same because of that is that the right thing to do no but we can't police what people are going to do on ethics you know we can try to make rules and incentives to encourage them to do the right thing but some people are just going to do the wrong thing Yeah. So to me, what makes the most sense is if you can make everyone such that they're they are equal, they receive the same benefits, or let's just say we can't offer everyone the same benefits. Maybe you have someone who has a disability where it's like they're not able to, I don't know, the company's not able to make them completely on the same level as everyone else for something like that, then you can offer like a government grant or a tax credit or something else to try to bring them to a place of equal yeah. so that they are treated the same. Yeah. Or at least people have all the opportunities and incentives to treat them equally. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree with that sentiment and just the idea of we, we should be building in like paternity leave also these things like I feel like that would yeah. be that'd be nice and it, it makes me think of two things one there's I don't know is it Finland or something I was listening to a podcast and how they're approaching their policies is like let's make things that will be best for the family and like mm-hmm. all of our like that's the goal and then all of our policies are gonna like go towards that mm-hmm. I said that seems like a great idea <laughs> like how yeah. would the work day change if that were the goal how would Mm -hmm. our time off change if that were the goal 
And I feel like giving both parents time off is kind of helping towards that. And like by helping the family, you're helping all these downstream effects too. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, so that's something, but then also I had this question of, okay, what if, because I imagine these systems and policies were probably set in place primarily by guys, maybe a hundred percent by guys. How do you think the policies would be different if at all, if it were a hundred percent women making them? Well, so I think this goes into a point of like why representation matters so someone at my company, she's like way, way up in the food chain. And she was talking about a time when they were like, we need to get survey scores on when we make deliveries to people's homes. And we want to get the surveys. We want them to be in real time. We want to increase like the number of people who felt the surveys. And so she was the only woman and there was a bunch of guys. And the guys were like, we should just have the delivery guy hand the person the customer like a little ipad and then they can just put in their survey right there Mm -hmm. and everyone's like yeah 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 yeah. this is great this is great this is great and she's like y'all if i had someone come into my home i'm a woman i'm a single female i'm by myself they're in here and they get rated and paid based on how i give them a survey (laughs) like I'm not giving I'm not going to give you a very like truthful answer good point (laughs) like like, and it's one of those things where it's like that's why you need to have people from different backgrounds who experience life differently so that you get that well-rounded view yeah so I think even if it was all women I don't think that would be good either yeah Yeah. I don't even know what kind of policies would be made though. And I agree that like you do need to have representation of like a bunch of people from the yeah. But like if it were a hundred percent women, what do you think we'd come up with? I don't know. And I also think it's hard because women who now maybe if we just like flipped it and said women have all the privilege and men don't have the privilege maybe you would come out to like the same thing Mm -hmm. but in like reverse you'd be like i you know because like if women are in charge right then women work and then the guys stay at home yeah maybe it would just be all flipped around yeah that's possible you're still pregnant though yeah you are still pregnant so i don't know i don't know a bonus for every kid had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A lot of the cynic in me thinks that if you reverse the power dynamic, no matter who's in charge, you're going to come out with similar outcomes. Just the yeah. marginalized groups will shift around. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably true. Like, it's not like men were trying to disenfranchise women. I think they were. But <laughs> or, <laughs> or like that wasn't the the explicit thought, maybe. I don't know. I think when maybe people I think when anyone has power, it's very hard to relinquish that. Yeah. It's very hard to be comfortable with that type of change. So then you try very hard to keep things as they are. Which, if you're the group in power, that means there are by default people who are not in power, therefore disenfranchised. 
Yeah. That that's true. So you do not want them to become because you want to keep everything the same because you're happy with it because you are benefiting. Yeah. You therefore want to keep disenfranchised groups as they are. And I think that's a people thing. That's not a gender thing or a race thing or a a culture thing. Yeah. I think you're right. Chrissy, I'm on my soapbox. (laughs) You don't have any opinions on this? You don't have any dissenting views? Dissenting views of what you said? Mm -hmm. Not really. Well, it was a great opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Good. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else from this chapter? Nope. Frask has made no growth. Elizabeth, maybe marginal growth. I'm just sad from all of it. I know. Okay. So now we are at a t- the chapter 22 called The Present. So is this about a gift or is it about the time? Maybe both. Well, I guess it's not the time because we know this is all in the back in the past. Yeah. But um, yeah, in this chapter, we learn Mad, as expected, does not relate to the other kids and says the other kids in her class are incontinent. And then Frask gets fired because she didn't do number one on her list, which was losing weight. So she got fired and then she's upset and she said, all right, well, I'm going to give Elizabeth all of Calvin's lab items. So she that's the present that she gives. Mm -hmm. Did you say incontinent or incompetent? Incontinent. That's what oh, because they they're peeing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mad says. <laughs> oh no! It's Six so years kidding. old and they're all peeing themselves. Fiction or fifties? I think it's um twenty twenty three. You think six year olds are peeing themselves? Um. I think you're potty trained by then. Let's see. I I think, yeah, by kindergarten, you you are. But I taught a preschool dance class and <laughs> we didn't have any accidents <laughs> on the floor, but <laughs> it came close sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> so preschool, they're, they're still learning. Yeah. Preschool is the learning time. Do you remember that time we were playing hide and seek? Oh, I don't know what happened. We were hiding and I guess you had to pee really bad or maybe you were nervous. I don't know, but you were in the bathroom and you were in the corner and it was like you, me and like a couple other girls and we're all hiding. And someone was hiding next to you or something. And they just hear. Are you sure I did that? I don't remember this. (laughs) You were probably like three. Oh, okay. And you were like peeing in the corner. I was dedicated. <laughs> I didn't want to let my teammates down. I know, I know you don't want to be found, but there's a little pee stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Now that I've embarrassed you. <laughs> well, it's okay. It all came full circle because I remember in preschool, someone peed on me during story time. <laughs> she peed while we were in the circle and it was wet so I moved away my teacher said Chrissy you need to go back to your spot I said okay 
<laughs> but then eventually the teacher is like, oh no. <laughs> oh, you were actually in preschool. You I were a preschooler. Preschool. I thought you were a teacher at this time. No, I was the preschooler. Oh no. And I you know. Sat, she told you to go sit back in it and you sat back in it. <laughs> well, she didn't see all the liquid at first. I know, but you sat in it. I didn't really know what it was either. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your listener, Chrissy's fatal flaw is she can't tell anyone no. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better. <laughs> She's got a lot better. She's got a lot better. <laughs> but that's true. I really did struggle with that. <laughs> especially preschool oh my god all right so now that we have our summary and we've had our tangent mm-hmm. we got nine minutes left all right now we're ready <laughs> well i think we can get through another two chapters if we're fast i think so yeah okay so so elizabeth um is trying to get um information on the investor and frask actually can't find anything which is yeah. surprising because Frask is like, I have access to everything and there's nothing here. So mm-hmm. don't know about that. Um, but she gained two pounds and she got fired, like we said. So now she's just ready to burn the whole place down. Yes. Now Frask is becoming cool. Yeah, I know. Maybe this, maybe this is her character turn. I Yeah, I think this is now, now that she's officially lost the job, hit rock bottom. And I think she's finally realizing that Elizabeth isn't her enemy, but her ally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe she just needed to to experience what Elizabeth experienced. Although well, she, she kind of already did. I was going to say, she already did. She already girl. did. Yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, she Bo- hit rock bottom. Bonnie decides to bestow her a conscience in <laughs> this <laughs> in this chapter. I don't really have anything underlined. Other no, than that she got either. fired for being too fat. Yeah. Yep. And now Elizabeth has Calvin's lab items. Yes. So, oh, maybe maybe his work is going to go on with hers and they're going to discover a biogenesis things. And then oh, she's I thought gonna... you were going to say the polio vaccine. Oh, yeah. Are you still holding on to that? <laughs> I'm still <laughs> holding on to polio. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, okay. If we get through chapter 23, then I think we're done with all the sad chapters. Oh, thank God. All right, let's blast through. Yeah, we got to finish. Okay, chapter 23. Um, One month later, we're at KCTV. And uh, this is where we, um, where Elizabeth meets Walter Pine, who we had met in the beginning of the book. Um, He's the father of one of the girls at Mad's school that she's having issues with. Um, The girl keeps eating Mad's lunch. And so we see that happen. And then we go back to Hastings, and Donati has published another wonderful work, and it turns out it was actually all of Elizabeth's work. <laughs> and that's that. <sighs> this is actually a really long chapter. It is very long. Oh my gosh. But we're okay. going to blast through it because we got to finish. Because we will. Yeah, I can't take this any longer. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to our Lanters episodes and we're so happy and vibrant and full of life. (laughs) And I'm like, why can't we be like that for this? I'm like, we're letting people down. No, I was. Yeah. So Katie and I filmed our last Lanters episode like five weeks ago. We haven't done anything with it since. I haven't read it since then. Then on my plane ride, I finished it. And I was like, there's literally like war and like genocide and like terrible things going on in Elantris. But like, 
it's such a good book. I'm so happy to read it, which tells you how terrible lessons in chemistry is. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't. There's just not even a glimmer of hope. No, there's no cuter cringe. No, it's just tears. Yeah, sadder, sadder. (laughs) The options. Okay. Okay. So we're introduced a little bit more to Walter Pine. And I think this is all you need to know about him. Walter took out a handkerchief and blew his nose, looking at the cloth right after, as if to see what his insides were made of. Phlegm, not a surprise. (laughs) Was there a reason you highlighted that? Because there's a reason I highlighted that. I just thought it was funny. And that was it. Why did you highlight? Oh, it's kind of funny too. Well, I wasn't sure if it was a nod to like the phlegmatic personality type. Are you familiar with those? No. Yeah, I kind of forget what they all... Wait, someone has a phlegm personality? (laughs) Well, it's spelled the same way. Uh, It's spelled like phlegmatic, but you pronounce it phlegmatic. And it means means having an unemotional and stolidly calm disposition. So self-controlled, calm, cool, collected are synonyms uh they avoid conflict they downplay their own emotions peacemakers helps others that's what a phlegmatic does okay okay phlegm was thought to be associated with apathetic behavior this old belief is preserved in the word phlegmatic This is from Wikipedia. This adjective always refers to behavior and it is pronounced differently, giving full weight to the G. How did you say it? Phlegmatic? Yeah, phlegmatic. Oh. To have phlegm traditionally meant to have stamina and be unswayed by emotion. So I don't know. Is that his character? Interesting. I know. I think by all of his cold sweats, and like worrying that we see soon i don't think that's him (laughs) unless it's a joke i i guess it could be (laughs) he's actually just full of phlegm yeah so she's underemployed and she's like that sucks and her brain is just rotting from being the coffee girl and having to cheer on these guys who are just not as smart or as good at their job as she is yeah. So she comes home and she's super upset and Harriet's like, what's wrong? And what happened was that the paper that Zanotti had described a few months back, um, he said, oh, it's nothing earth shattering, but it was earth shattering and she should know because it was her work. And so it turns out, I don't know, is it still about RNA? I don't know. But whatever it was, he had published what she did. He he solved polio. <laughs> and he's making a lot of money and Elizabeth made nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And then Borywitz, I, I thought he was just kind of an innocent guy at first, but now now she brings it up to him and she's like, Borowitz, what the heck? And he was like, I needed a job. And she was like, we all need jobs and you don't do yours. I did yours for you. <laughs> I and think that while it is horrible, I do think that is like a pretty classic character type of I need to just like look out for myself and make sure I'm okay, even at the cost of other people. But they wouldn't like 
they they always seem very like conflicted this type of character they like they don't take joy oh. in doing these things but they justify their actions away by saying that i needed to do this for my family i needed to do this for me yeah. i needed to blah 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 yeah so that's while weird. it is a caricature i do think that is a character type that i've seen yeah yeah and to be fair he says like oh i didn't know donati would actually publish it i thought he just wanted to be familiar with your work and whether or not that's true he is definitely more sympathetic than donati is i think he's fake sympathetic he knew what was gonna happen unless he really is just a dumb dumb i don't know he might be he might just be a dumb dumb that's kind of the vibe i'm getting like kind of clueless mm-hmm so Zot confronts Donati and she's so upset and he's so delighted about it. He sat back, taking in her fury with a kind of joy. This would have been the sort of thing Evans would have quit over for sure. If only he were alive to see this. But no, he had to ruin this moment by being dead already. <laughs> like, oh my God. How did anyone read this book? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I get through it without being obligated to finish a podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. So uh, okay. Um, but but she does quit, right? So the investor calls the investor calls Dynasty and he's like, Hey, I saw all this stuff, like you did great work. Uh what what's happened with Zot? Are they involved in it? And then Dynasty's like Mr. Zot had proved to be a bit of a washout. In fact, he had been demoted. That's right. And then the investor had sighed as if disappointed, then asked about the next steps, abiogenesis-wise. And then Dynasty basically just threw out a bunch of big words that he had read from Zot's research. And he was like, it's hard being a manager, having to deal with her and this investor guy. But then Zot had to go and ruin everything. And then she was like, I quit. I'm done with this. Yeah. Which, good. Yeah, I know. Thank goodness. Good for Thank her. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll see what happens with the nasty and the investor guy and his abiogenesis thing because mm-hmm. it was all Zot. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> okay. The next scene... Let's see. So then we see Elizabeth back at home. She's, of course, very upset. Um, <laughs> and we see Mad's experience at school. She's not relating to people. Um, and then we learn a little bit more about Amanda Pine, who's a kid who's eating Mad's lunch. And Madeline says that she brings a lunch, but it's not normal. And we don't really know what that means, but it seems like there's something actually wrong. But Elizabeth is like, well, doesn't matter if she can't take your lunch. The end. Mm-hmm. So this is where I feel like um, Elizabeth has made zero character development because I feel like I get it. That's not technically your problem, but this is a kid who's going like unfed, who's your kid's friend. Yeah. Like, like why? Yeah, and I know, like, you don't have, like, a lot of money, but can you talk to Harriet, or can you talk to, like, the dad and be like, hey, like, I need to, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, 
possibly it's because she had the worst day of her life pretty much. And so she's not at her best. But I think even on a good day, I could see her doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So that to me shows not no character growth thus far. Yeah. Agreed. Madeline is complaining or she's insecure that she's different from other people. And she's like, I'm too tall. She's just, we're just watching her be insecure. Yeah, we do see, though, we kind of see like the emotional side of her um, and also just like the effects of her having Elizabeth and Calvin as parents, Mm -hmm. um, where we see Mad always practicing. uh, Let's see. Oh, always practicing how to tie knots. And she Mm. says she's like just practicing it just in case something happens because she saw or she heard what happened with her dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also see that. Uh, she says that if she'd been able to ask her dead father anything, it would have been how he felt the first time he saw her mother. Was it love at first sight? I know. That's sad. I know. It's really sweet. Very sad. Mm-hmm. Though Mad has a little bit more of an emotional side, maybe, than Elizabeth is. At least that Elizabeth's showing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then Elizabeth has some more interactions with the teacher the teacher assumes that she is a slut who has a kid out of wedlock mm-hmm. and has a lab coat that says easy um mad doesn't like school mad wants to learn more about calvin um and then we actually all learn more about calvin because elizabeth finds um the letters that Calvin had written to that mysterious pen pal um, where the conversation ended with, I hate my dad. I hope he's dead. Um, Yes. But Elizabeth discovers that in the box from the lab. Yes. Um, Oh, within those letters, we also see a bunch of letters from the family members. Is this what made you think that Calvin actually does have a big family, that all these letters are real? I think so. Okay. Because I think that one of them, and I think Megan mentioned this when she was guest guest potting with us, that everyone was asking for money, except there was one from his supposed mom who was trying to like give him money. Right. So I think that he does have a family. I think he has a dad and a mom and maybe they have their own new families and stuff. And had he been able to connect with them, maybe there was like a big family there for him. They would have accepted him now that they're like adults and not youngins. Oh, you think so? Well, but he was still in like the orphanage. So you're saying like from, like he got adopted out of there or? I'm saying if he had met them as an adult and now his parents who now they're much older and they probably have their own families and stuff, they would, I would hope be more, open to letting calvin join oh I their see. family <clears throat> whereas when they gave him up they were probably too young yeah to do so yeah maybe okay so you think those are actual people i think so i think some of them yeah that's interesting i probably would have just written that off if you hadn't said anything yeah well we'll see it might be a nothing we'll see yeah Okay, so this pen pal ship starts with them talking about religion and science because a pen pal writer, I think he's getting his like Masters of Divinity or something 
yeah, he's at the Divinity mm-hmm. School. Um, and he hears a talk Calvin gives on science. And so then they start this whole back and forth on, like, can you believe in both God and science? All these things. Mm-hmm. Did anything stick out for, for you from any of those letters? No, it. I was becoming less dubious that this is Calvin's dad reading this. Oh, like it's for sure his dad? No, like I'm like, okay, I don't know that this is his dad anymore. Oh, okay, okay. I felt very confident going into this that this that the pen pal writer was going to be Calvin's dad. Who is it? I bet it's the investor, though. You think? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so anymore because if he's in divinity, unless he's just lying. He could be lying or he could have somehow made it big in divinity. As a minister? Or, or <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. Maybe that was like a side, like it's just an interest thing. Maybe he dropped out of divinity school and went into business. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, Zot's dad made some money. Yeah, maybe He's that's sketchy. Zot's dad. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> could be. <laughs> That'd be a twist. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's in jail, right? I think so. But so we don't parents, know. He's probably parents. let out at some point. Right. Like, they're still alive. They're options. They're on the market for being some of these mystery characters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what did you say in the last episode about Bonnie Carmus just, like, jumping popping out? Popping out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely popping out in these letters, letting us know that she does not like religion. Uh, and yeah. specific so this is the minister talking to calvin specifically i wanted to ask don't you think it's possible to believe in both god and science sure calvin had written back it's called intellectual dishonesty i like that's a stance <laughs> it is i mean i didn't get a super strong feeling of that i think yeah, I, I, well, okay, I did later on where, um, Wakely, who's the pen pal guy, he says, yeah, but people still need to believe in something bigger than themselves. And then Calvin basically just says, well, why not just rely on a fairy tale and you learn morals? Like, you don't need the whole religion thing. And then the pen pal is like, that would simplify things. You don't have to pray to Snow White or to Rumpelstiltskin, but you can still mm-hmm. get those core messages of love and forgiveness and things and so then he changes the topic so so maybe that part i could see yeah bonnie popping out <laughs> and saying this is all you need yeah i feel like part of her manifesto in addition to women get treated very poorly which you know true a lot of times true but i think with like a lot of these things i feel like she just takes it so far and there's not like a lot of nuance to it and certain topics that she's touching on do have a certain level of nuance to it especially with like the religion and the science component and she's already beaten down the catholic church that we talked about earlier yeah (laughs) (laughs) my gosh so you can just see like where she stands on it which is fine but it would have been nice to have because he's talking with the minister and basically Calvin's just dunking on it, being like everything you believe in is stupid. And instead of giving, this would have been an opportunity to give like a counter argument to provide some nuance. And he's just like, you know what? You're right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know, which I don't think this book is about nuance. No. So I guess that's part of it. (laughs) (laughs) This is about messaging and it's very clear. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't like it. I really uh, like get frustrated by arguments that aren't nuanced. (laughs) Make it black and white when it's a lot of gray. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So so maybe that's it. And like maybe Bonnie doesn't actually think that. I'm sure she has a more nuanced perspective. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts are. I, I, think okay. <laughs> I think we do. I think we do know our thoughts. Uh, but yeah, so then their pen pal ship ends with, um, well, we do see the pen pal um, talking about fathers. And he says, maybe I'm in divinity just to please my father. Is that what we all do in the end? Is your father a scientist? Are you trying to please him? If so, I'd say you succeed. And then Calvin responds with, I hate my father. I hope he's dead. Which I would also stop a pen pal letter after. (laughs) To send a letter like that, one line. Oh my God. What do you respond to that? I know. (laughs) Right? Like like a text message? Fine. A letter? A letter? I'm going to have to put a stamp on this? (laughs) No way. No way. <laughs> oh my gosh. But now Elizabeth's realizing that there might be hope for her that maybe Calvin's father is rich and she can get a daddy warbucks. Wait, says that? What she says, it? Elizabeth read it. Okay. I hate my father. I hope he's dead. Elizabeth read it again, stunned. But Calvin's father was dead, hit by a train at least two decades earlier. Why would he have written such a thing? And why had Calvin and Wakeley stopped corresponding? That le- last letter was dated nearly 10 years ago. So here's the opportunity for the investor to be Calvin's dad, to come in and give Zot the break she needs to make nah. her research. You don't think that's where this is going? No, if anything, I think it's Zot's dad. And they're going to have a whole forgiveness restoration Maybe. Interesting. Because she can't be saved by Calvin's dad because it's like being saved by Calvin, which is the one thing she didn't want. She wouldn't accept the money. She needs to be saved by herself. She needs to save herself is the is the only way this book can end. That's true. But she makes so many bad choices. I just don't know how she's going to get there. (laughs) (laughs) So it seems like someone does need to come in and help her out. (laughs) Mad. I guess so. <laughs> so Mad's realizing that they're poor. <laughs> Gosh. And she's like, no, we're not poor. But now she's realizing she's unemployed. And she's like, maybe I am poor. <laughs> but then who calls but Mr. Pine from the mm-hmm. TV station. Um, and he has this really awkward conversation where he's trying to make cooking jokes. And Elizabeth doesn't laugh. And he's like, you need to be on our on our show. And I, I think in this chapter, she says, so yes, there right? w- what happens? Yeah, it's this one. So there, there had been a children's clown show that had previously filled the now empty slot. But in the first place, it hadn't been very good. And in the second place, its clown star had been killed in a bar fight, making the show completely dead in the truest sense. 
And so for the last three weeks, he's been scrambling for a show and he's been going through all these different things. And then he's like, we can make a cooking show. And so he's trying to loop Zot in because he thinks that she can really help him with this day midday time slot of yeah that's right this is like the slumpy time in tv where everyone wants to take a nap so you need something really good that'll make people want to watch um we also learned that what's been being sent in amanda's lunchbox has been inedible items like (laughs) a stapler and a script instead of a napkin and a gin flask instead of her milk thermos god (laughs) (laughs) who are these people (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, but anyway, so that's why Matt has been wanting to share her food. Yeah. And that's, again, why you need to have a little bit of nuance here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it comes just in the nick of time because she needs a job and he needs a TV show immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And so, as we all know, she says yes. Yep. And so that's it. So I guess... I guess Bonnie had to write Elizabeth into this corner because it doesn't make sense that she would want to do this cooking show. Yeah. The only way that we can get here is that she has no other options and has hit rock bottom. Right. Which she has. So, And I guess she had to go to Hastings to get Calvin's research. Oh, uh, I guess that's true. I guess that was an important plot point. I don't know. It could have happened in other ways, but. um, It could have easily happened in another way. Yeah. Because they said they were going to give all of his stuff away to his next of kin and they were waiting for someone to show up. And then they were going to give it to her. Do you remember that? They would give it to Elizabeth? They were like, oh, like, we want to give it to you. We know you guys were close, but we have to wait to see if any next of kin, like, show up for his stuff. Oh, I kind of took it as they can't give it to her because they're not married. Right. I think they were like they were going to wait a certain amount of time and then it would uh, be considered like communal property or, you know, uh, I kind of would have assumed, I would have assumed that the like Hastings would just like take it. Like they wouldn't bring it to her. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. I guess maybe Hastings like, we don't want to give you the research cause that's our research now. Yeah. And like, they wouldn't want to help Elizabeth. Okay. But what about mad? Isn't she the closest kin? Couldn't she just walk up there? With her 40-year-old self trapped in a two-year-old's body. Again, this is Elizabeth not solving her problems. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I guess she couldn't prove that it's his kid because they didn't have DNA testing. Maybe they did. She's doing RNA research. I don't know. When did paternity testing start? Um, I'm sure it started in the 1500s. 1988. 1988. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how they did it before then. If they, I don't know. They just like looked at you and were like, you're his kid. You're that kid. (laughs) You look like an Evans. It sounds like she does. She's just like huge. He's six feet tall. Man, okay, but I'm excited for these next set of chapters because, believe it or not, I was happy to read them. Good. Yeah, I I think I think we're we're halfway through. And I think it's gonna 
take a turn now. How far have you read? I've read, I think I've read to maybe chapter 25. Okay. Yeah, I've read to chapter 27. Okay. They're about the same. Is that the funeral? Whose funeral? That's what it's called. Oh. Chapter 27. Oh, chapter 26 is called the funeral. Oh, okay, okay. I kind of forgot what I had read, honestly. Yeah. Okay. We're almost done. (laughs) We're going to have to we're gonna have to really think long and hard about the next book that we read because if we had to go through another dirge of seven episodes before it picks up gosh i don't know I'm if i'm telling you the book tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow that's still maybe. my vote all right well maybe we'll do that throw on a little fluff piece for you i actually don't really know what it's about <laughs> or if it's happy but i i think it is that just seems like a YA love novel. No, no, no. You misread The Fault in Our Stars, too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know how I can do it. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. No, the, the subtitle was... Um, let's see. Okay. <clears throat> uh, tomorrow examines the multifarious nature of identity, disability, failure, the redemptive possibilities in play, and above all our need to connect, to be loved, and to love. Ugh. Okay, the second half sounded, like, positive. That first half sounded like, ooh. Really? Well, well, okay, but I feel like it's, it seems like a quality book, though. Like, they are talking about some, it's not young adult fluff. They're talking about good themes here. Okay, well, how about I'm reading The Ninth House right now, and I think that one's really good. What's it about? The Ninth Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Galaxy, quote, Alex Stern is the most unlikely member of Yale's freshman class. Raised in the Los Angeles hinterlands by a hippie mom, Alex dropped out of school early and into a world of shady drug dealer boyfriends, dead-end jobs, and much, much worse. In fact, by age 20, she's the sole survivor of a horrific unsolved multiple homicide. Some might say she's thrown her life away, but at her hospital bed, Alex is offered a second chance to attend one of the world's most prestigious universities on a full ride. What's the catch and why her? Still searching for answers, Alex arrives in New Haven, tasked by her mysterious benefactors with monitoring the activities of Yale's secret societies. The eight windowless tombs are the well-known haunts of the rich and powerful, from high-ranking politicos to Wall Street's biggest players. But their occult activities are more sinister and more extraordinary than any paranoid imagination might conceive. They tamper with forbidden magic. They raise the dead, and sometimes they prey on the living. Do you like it? I like it. I think it's pretty good. I think we should just do a book that we, one of us has read before. That's probably true. <laughs> I, th- I think I think that's our problem right now, is that neither one of us can have the little lantern and say, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. (laughs) We're just, we're in a death spiral. I know we are. Maybe, maybe I'll read ahead. You can read it. I'll flash through the forest. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, no, it'll get better. What do you, what do you think? Are you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chrissy, you slash through the forest. You can be the guide. 
Um, but I think for our next book, one of us should read it. So we need to, why don't you read tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Wash <Yeah>. my palate. <laughs> yeah. And then if it's, if it's good, we can do it and you can be the guide. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what we're missing. Bookalicious needs a guide. Yeah. We can't both be blind. <laughs> no, we can't, we blind can't delicious. do blind delicious. No, that's not what we're trying to do here. No, ma'am. Okay. Ugh. All right, girly girl. This was fun. We did it. Did the timer go off? It did. Like a long time ago. I, yeah, we were talking. So. <laughs> I forget what time. Well, let me, let me check. Uh, we started around 720 or 725. It's like okay. an hour and a half. That's pretty good. That's double what we said we would do. <laughs> 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 just letting you know <laughs> ah, <who knew? laughs> okay but we made it to the happy part so this is yes good. thank god all right yeah. love you girly love, love you too bye. bye thanks for listening to this episode of bookalicious if you like this discussion please rate or subscribe to our channel to help other book lovers find this content as well if you have any questions or suggestions for future books We'd love to hear from you at bookalicious.pod at gmail.com. As always, thanks for joining our club.